Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome to Travel Market Life and in this episode we're going to be looking at the Spanish market and delving into the media uh, with the help of the editor and founder of Smart Travel News, Juan de Nunes. He'll be explaining some of the key trends we're seeing in Spain and the travel market, the challenges that hoteliers and the wider industry are facing, and some of the digitalization agenda in the country. So let's dive in and find out a bit more about the Spanish media marketplace. Travel Market Life. Hola, Juanda. How are you doing? Thank you very much for joining us today. Hola, Ryan. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. It'd be great to hear from you. Some of the trends that you're seeing there in Spain and some of the specific market challenges uh, and, and, and changes that are prominent. Yeah, okay. Well, as you can imagine, of course, uh, the pandemic has been uh, very hard for every country, of course, but, but especially for us when regarding to travel because it's our main industry, as you know. So, so, and it affects lots of other industries that are involved with, with tourism, not just travel itself. Um, so, if you speak to any hotelier in, in, in Spain at the moment, they are very happy with, with the year they've had and the summer they've had. Uh, all results are above any expectations. Uh, we have recovered uh, nine of every 10 international travelers. Uh, we just ha- had today new data from Occupancy, which is... Uh, uh, 40% uh, up uh, compared to 2021. So they're very happy. And, and you, I can tell you that they're, they're very cautious all the time. You know, hoteliers in Spain, they want to be too happy about anything, but they're happy now. So, um, of course, uh, we have challenges, as everyone does, um, regarding costs. And they will say that it's, it's uh, hard to make profit with, with this with these prices and with inflation. And this, of course, is a, a global thing, not just uh, for travel or for Spain, of course, but but they will say that's the, their, their main challenge now. Uh, I mean, data is very good. And even if we thought that, you know, the, the, the summer hangover was going to be difficult for us, actually, uh, it's not going that bad. And you can tell the data is still, uh, bookings are still up and, we are very cautious about what's going to happen in, in this autumn, but data data still very good. We, we are ha- having our high season now on, on Canary Islands, for example. So we are going to have to wait and see what happens there. But but uh, regarding data, everything looks uh, fantastic at the moment. I mean, it's very interesting to see how well uh, the travel industry has bounced back and how Spain has been able to figure out its new place at the moment and, and respond to those emerging needs. But as you say, there's a big impact of these inflation um, and the costs and also around staffing, because it's not just been an issue that we experienced in the UK or as we've seen in Germany, but it's a it's a worldwide issue. And I guess in, in Spain in particular, um, what are some of the Spanish tourism and hotel uh, companies doing to really try to attract uh, people back to the uh, industry? I mean, that, that's that's hard because even at the beginning of the of the pandemic, uh, I would speak to hoteliers that would say we're having uh, a talent leak and people are, are moving from travel to other industries and it's going to get really hard to, to get them back. 
So, um, and you know, also it's a very seasonable job in some, some segments of, of travel. So it, it's very hard to capture that talent and, and, and keep it with us. And we're going to have to try very hard to, 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 do, to do that. And also there, there is a, a generation thing going on because I, I've been talking to some hoteliers and they would say that working with younger generation is not that easy because they don't have that kind of uh, attention and, and, and maybe... You know, it's a it's a different uh, generation, uh, so it's it's not that easy that they would accept accept um, very long hours uh, at the beginning of their careers, and in this industry, that's that's the common thing when you start. Uh, so, I don't I don't know the solution about this. I'm so sorry. I, I wish I had that solution, but but you can tell that we we really had a talent peak with the, the pandemic, and it's going to take a. It's going to take a while to to get people back. I mean, we've all had to look at the way that the source markets has changed massively over the last couple of years, really adapting to regional travellers, to then looking at how you could get the Europeans back and then uh, the North Americans and and wider international travellers. And I guess this is really something that the industry as a whole has had to address, not just hoteliers itself. What are some of the key challenges you're seeing across the the wider travel industry um, as you're speaking to some of the other sectors? Uh, within travel oh well first thing is that uh, when the the, when the pandemic happened and we could uh, and then we could travel again uh, the 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 regional uh, traveler the Spanish traveler has been very important for us and um, and I have to say that uh, international traveler uh, was really appreciated it's always really appreciated by the industry because they also, they, they tend to spend, spend more than, than the national ones. But this year, particularly this year, uh, Spanish travelers have spent uh, as much as people from the UK or Germany or, or even the States. So, um, uh, you know, people, uh, even in, in the hardest situations, uh, they don't want to um, stop traveling. It's like they deserve their their holidays and their vacation, and and then we'll figure out what happens next. Which is not always the smartest solution, but regarding our industry, it's a nice thing that people will will put their travel and their holidays on, on a top priority, right? But still, we have uh, of course challenges, and I would say hotels always try to 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 struggle with distribution and try to get some of their uh, direct sales back. As you know, especially in the islands, we have a very uh, dependency on on um, two operators and and OTAs, of course. So all, hotels always have this kind of struggle. And being from the media, I can tell you that this is the kind of subject uh, that, that attracts them the most when you have an article regarding how can you get some of that distribution back um, or how can you push direct sales. Of course, that's a kind of content that they will appreciate. And as an industry, I think that of course, we have to deal with the digitalization. That's a big, a big thing. And and in Spain, you know that we have a very key destinations. And before the pandemic, overtourism was a thing that we were already talking about. And that's something that we're going to have to deal uh, back in the near future because sustainability has always been a key issue in the last few months. And we have to... to, to to figure out that balance uh, between, you know, bringing all the international travel back and keeping destinations sustainable, uh, or maybe promoting some other destinations um, 
uh, in Spain that maybe don't have that international focus, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've seen some of the uh, DMO campaigns recently where they've not just been focusing on the core cities that are most popular and, and, and recognized by international and uh, European tourists, but also trying to get them out uh, to to some of the other uh, villages and towns and, and, and look at sort of some of perhaps the more road trippy kind of uh, approach to, to travel, because you have such phenomenal different def destinations and experiences that can be experienced uh, within Spain. So there's so much more uh, than the typical destinations and the holiday resorts that particularly yeah. the Brits are renowned visit for visiting. Um, but I've also seen there's been quite a few other changes really uh, around sort of how Spain and, and some of the other regions are sort of handling tourists, uh, bringing in certain restrictions yeah. to, I guess, address some of this sustainability. Um, one of the key things you mentioned there was around digitalization, um, the yeah. use of technology. Um, and particularly, there's always that question of technology and hospitality, but you're taking away the art of hospitality. Um, how are you starting to see that take shape now in Spain? How much of it is a is it a priority um, for um, the, the, the the businesses themselves, because I am aware that there's quite a few government initiatives uh, around supporting uh, the, the, the evolution of digitalization in the sector. Yes. Uh, so the first thing would be that I think we were a bit far from um, from technology taking off the human part uh, on the guest experience side. Um, and I think that maybe the, the you know the, the Spanish and the Latin character. Has something to do with it. We we expect really to have that conversation with the person when we arrive to a hotel, and um, I would say that hoteliers and, and travel industry look more to the back office part of technology, and um, and of course, uh, uh, I think most hotels are looking to bringing in like revenue management systems. Of course, PMS is a basic uh, thing to have, uh, CRM software. Uh, of course, a, a big presence on social media, and I think that's the kind of things that they're trying to to um, to improve with the help, of course, of you know the, the European help uh, that we are having now with the uh, next generation money, and, and so. And from the government, uh, I would argue that most hoteliers would at the moment feel like we're not getting or they're not getting the right support. We just have the new. Um, uh, proposal for the uh, for the budget next year, and it's cut like like the third part of the of the part that we used, used to have for, for tourism has been cut. So I, I don't think they they feel that appreciation from the government that much. Uh, and and also, for example, just for example, we don't have been such a big industry in Spain. We don't have a, a specific ministry for that. And it depends on who you ask. They will say, "Oh, that's okay," because we don't want them. Too much in Bolton, so it's it's okay that we have a ministry of our own, but we are together with commerce and industry, commerce industry and tourism. So we're in that package, and you know, you know, uh, politicians and you know, I would say that they support tourism, of course, but I think that the industry doesn't feel that support that much when you look at the budget, uh, and and they kind of feel like we've we've gone out of this whole mess, whole COVID mess on our own and that we can deal with anything and we don't, and it's okay. So, uh, and and this is a personal opinion, of course, but it's okay that we don't depend that much on the government uh, help. And we are, I think we're a big, big 
uh, industry and, and, and strong industry. So um, maybe we can, if there's any help, then welcome. But I think this is a strong industry on, on its own. I mean, you know, you are part of that international community naturally because it is about tourism and people moving around between different locations and, and geographically internationally as well. So um, I guess there's there's also the, the benefit that there's quite a few hotel chains and international businesses that are based and from Spain that are working and operating uh, across different locations. So there's a lot of learnings that come from from different places. And, and we also see that there's a lot of, uh, of the Spanish brands are really taking a lot of innovation initiatives uh, to, and it's a lot of new technologies that are really coming out and being utilized by um, the, the the Spanish enterprises. Are there any particular sort of technologies within um, travel and hospitality that are particularly taking your interest and you're starting, you're, you're seeing those uh, success stories uh, from hoteliers uh, around these technologies? Well, you just, you just mentioned the importance for uh, of Spanish companies like Amadeus is a Spanish company after all. Um, and we have lots of, of maybe um, startups that were startups five, six years ago. I'm I, from, from the top of my head, like Beyond Price, that, that now they're global and they have a revenue management system that is it's global. So, um, so I think, uh, and we have to, I, I just uh, read an interview like yesterday with, with the Cabify CEO and, and they were saying that that outside of Spain, we have uh, people tend to see us as a, a very we have very strong startups and, and companies, and we it's hard for us to 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 believe. Like we have to really believe that uh, ourselves, and we I think we are better than we think sometimes. This is also a, a Spanish culture thing that we all we tend to think that the the thing from the from the abroad is always better than than ours. But I think we have strong technologies, and I would say that especially we have. We are very strong on revenue management, and um, we have booking engines, and and I think that we have some of the strongest um, uh, direct channel uh, consultancy companies. I think we have strong leaders there, and that uh, they are like slowly moving away from Spain. Of course, they're going first to the, the Latin America um, market. Of course, uh, you know the language, of course, makes it easier, but. When I go abroad, I don't. I don't think they have uh, um, stronger spokesperson than than we do in some companies. So I think we have a lot of knowledge there that that we can bring not just to Spanish companies, but but also to some European countries. I don't know if that's true to um, <laughs> dairy, or uh, but you know, I, I really think we have strong leaders there. Yeah. I mean, I think you can certainly tell by the fact that, you know, you've you've got a couple of really big cities that are, you know, recognized on an international playing field. You've also got a lot of the, um, you know, the, the beach resorts, um, as well as a sort of independently run businesses at the same time. So there's a great mix of, of different types of business there that allows you to really adopt different um, strategic approaches to either pricing or distribution. And that certainly helps, you know, I guess, the, the wider European economy. Economy, really understand some of those behaviors of people who are traveling to and from and within Europe because Spain is just one of those destinations and obviously one of the key uh, travel destinations. Um, now tell us about uh, Smart Travel News, um, tell us about the sort of editorial that's focused that you are taking um, and how you help your readers really understand what's happening in the market. Well thank you for the, for the opportunity. 
Uh, actually, it started six years ago, and um, I started this project because I wanted to do something that was fully online and fully focused on on travel technology. Because we had that this this uh, references from from like from Focuswire, uh, T News when it was T News, Skip. So that sort of media um, that I was uh, looking and researching most most days. So so I thought that that we needed something like that for, for the Spanish uh, hoteliers, not just hoteliers, but also travel agencies, uh, DMOs. So that, that's, that's, uh, that was my intention at the beginning. And I, and I hopefully, uh, I still keep that uh, travel tech focus. And, and th I think people um, go to smarttravel.news uh, looking for especially that. But also uh, with time, uh, I think that we need to have this, this purpose of, making things easier for re for readers, not readers or followers or listeners, whatever it is. Because we are uh, exposed to so many messages every day, not just from newsletters, email, WhatsApp, social media. So expecting that that the audience would, would take 10, 20 minutes of their day to look at what you're trying to to, to get there, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's not going to happen. So... So now I have a new goal, which is I, I want to uh, inform about travel tech, but I want to do it with the more value that I can in less time possible. And that's a, a new factor to, to take into account. So, for example, um, we have a daily podcast, which is like like six, seven minutes, a daily brief, because that I think that's uh, a very useful thing. You can listen to it while you're uh while you're driving, while you're going to subway, whatever, and you get to, to your office or to your hotel and you already already know the big news. Uh, we have a WhatsApp newsletter. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying always to, to look for things that make it easier for people to, to get their news and, and as fast as possible, which is a little bit of a contradiction because I like to write. And that's the reason I became a journalist in the first place. <laughs> But but I, ha I have to understand that people don't read the same way when they read online, and and we are again exposed to so many messages all day, every day, that we we really need to give them the best information and the most that we can in sometimes in a few seconds. So uh, that's uh, uh, one of my goals now. <laughs> I tell you what, it's lovely to hear that the challenges that marketeers face are the same challenges that the editors of publications are facing today. Because as you say, it's, 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 it's maintaining that interest from that audience and, and providing them with the information that is of most use to them when they need it. And uh, you, you, as you said, you've diversified massively from the printed text uh, to a wider range of, of different ways, including podcasts for engaging with your audience. So I guess there's a, a lot more on the horizon as you move forward um, into next year. Yeah, the thing is, at the moment, I, I don't think you can get too attached to any specific format because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So if you are very good at, I don't know, LinkedIn or Facebook or podcast or video, that, that's, that's great. But, but maybe in 10 years time, we don't know what's going to be there. We know we're there's still going to be a need for someone in the middle to to gather the big news and and, and bring them in the, in the easiest way for people. So, but what's going to be the format? I don't, I don't really know, and I don't dare to say what's what's going to be. But 
but I'm sure that we're going to have to adapt and that our media and every media is going to look very different in, I don't know, five years, ten years time. I don't know how it's going to look like. I don't know if we're going to be in the metaverse or something like that. I don't really know, but but I know that I'm, I'm going to have to to adapt to, to that. And and that's okay. So, uh, and also... Well, uh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you, you could be appearing as a hologram in someone's office before too long, reading them the news, right? Yeah, who knows? It's going to be a bit scary at the first first time, but but yeah, I don't know what's what's going to look like. So, but I was going to say that even, of course, we, we're trying to get attention longer from people, but but also I think we have to 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 take the most of what they give us. If it's five minutes, we have to get the most of it. If it's thirty seconds, and that's a, a bit of a a little bit drama for us, and uh, as I was mentioned before, before, especially for us who like to re- to write and read and, and long articles. Well, maybe that doesn't work anymore. So uh, we have, to, or we have to write find the right spot and the right time for those kind of long articles and long content. But in the in the daily, you know, on a daily basis, we have to look forward to to um, being more useful and more valuable in the less time possible. I think. Wonderful. Juan, thank you very much for those wonderful insights, not just into the Spanish uh, market and tourism economy, but also into how to really address and and engage with uh, your readers and audience. I think that's incredibly valuable. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for the time. Thank you for having me and, and looking forward to talk to you again soon. Uh, so that was Juan de Nunes, the editor and founder of Smart Travel News. Uh, check out our upcoming episodes so you can see them all on travelmarket.life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Thanks for listening and ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.